Welcome to the DJE Podcast, where you will learn about real estate investing from real life examples. Here's your host, Devin Elder. Hello, welcome to the show. Thanks for joining us today. Our guest is Dr. Harry Zagara. He's a full-time doctor and multifamily syndicator active in real estate for the last five years, currently a GP in over a thousand units in four different states. He also owns and manages single family rentals in the Dallas Fort Worth area. And so he's, he's, uh, uh, immigrated from Peru. Him and his wife are doctors and they've been in the States for f- about 15 years and moved around a little bit with some different jobs. But along the way, discovered the need for some autonomy, passive income, tax advantages, and some of these other things that we get into real estate for. So it was a great conversation with him. Very nice gentleman, very sharp. And I always love hearing people's journey as they've gone from kind of W-2 through to entrepreneurship and what they're doing with their multifamily business. So I think you're going to enjoy the conversation. A couple notes from our sponsors. We're sponsored by apartmenteducators.com. We've got a free eight-part video series there that you can check out to learn more about the apartment syndication business, whether you want to be a passive investor or whether you want to go out and run your own deals or some some hybrid of those two. There's kind of a spot for everybody within this multifamily syndication business. And so we've got uh, great content for you in a free eight-part video series at apartmenteducators.com. Check that out. And if you're in Texas, we've also got a number of events, Dallas, Houston, Austin, San Antonio, on a monthly basis that you can check out and meet with like-minded individuals. Secondly, djetexas.com is our firm, our private equity, vertically integrated uh, company. We've been operating in San Antonio and surrounding areas for the last decade and buying investment projects uh, in land, multifamily, and development, and bringing on investors. So if you would like to see what kind of projects we're putting out and you're not currently on the list, you can get on the list by going to djetexas.com and signing up right there. You get to meet our team. We'll get to send you case studies and all that fun stuff so that when we send out a project, you're able to uh, see that and, and review that and make a decision about that. Okay. That's it for the intro. Let's get into the conversation with Dr. Zagara. Here we go. Dr. Zagara, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. How are you? Hey, how are you, Devin? I'm very good. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me on your show. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a pleasure to connect here. And I want to I wanna dive into your story, uh, learn about what you're doing in multifamily syndications, how you've built your business and, and all of that uh, good stuff that we can get into. But first, for the audience that may not uh, know you, how about a little background? Where where are you from? What's what's your profession, uh, you know, your professional track been like and how'd you get into real estate? Yes, absolutely. So um, I'm uh, from South America. I'm uh, from, from Peru. Uh, my background is uh, being a physician. So my wife and I, we both are physicians. Um, and about 15 years ago, uh, we came here to to the U.S. So we finished uh, medical school back in our country. We decided like to come here, like to continue our training and education, right? Like, and um, so we arrived here again, like about 15 years ago. And um, you, you may not know, like, but but how like physicians train is that like after medical school, you do three three or four years of residency, and then if you decide you you may want to do another two or three years or subspecialization. So at the end, it ends up like being, being like six more years or so. Wow. So that that's that's actually what what we did. Like so in in my case, um, I came initially with it like uh, I, I did internal medicine, and then like um, uh, I did three more years of pulmonary and critical care. 
and uh, and and yeah, and, and my wife, she's she's a family medicine doctor. So and also like because of the nature of of our training, so we we were in different states, right? Like so we we were initially like in Pennsylvania and the Lehigh Valley area for about three years or four years actually, and then like in Philadelphia, then three years in in, uh, in Richmond, Virginia, to do like the fellowship in pulmonary critical care, and after that we came to Texas. Like initially, uh, two two years in private practice. And then the last five years, five years and a half, we have been here in Dallas, in Dallas forward, right? Like so, so we came here. We we um we we found a, like good, good good jobs for us, and then like uh, we decided to stay. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. What's moving around in a whole lot of school for sure? <laughs> yes. Um, what brought you to Texas? Was it was it specific jobs that you and your wife were able to find, or was there more about Texas that attracted you to it? Uh, I think we're cutting. Like uh, I have, you, I'm I'm sorry, oh, I have oh, to sorry like about that. Cutting or being frozen. Yeah, let's let's try this. So I was I was uh, if you can okay. hear my audio there. What um what okay, brought better. you guys to Texas? specifically was it uh was it a just the job or was there more about the texas market that you were attracted to or what was what was that all about yes yes so what happens is that again like uh, after all the training you you need to start working as a physician right like so but but also because we we were coming from south america we uh we still needed like to do a couple of years uh to make sure that we could get like our green card right like so initially we I, we worked like in underserved areas and after that like uh yeah i mean like we we already liked texas we 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 had a family and and friends here in this area so so that's why we decided to stay Right, like, and and actually, like, what what you asked me before about re real estate and how was our interest in real estate? Uh, it it actually it it came from back from our country, like, because like, uh, in, in my country, like, so, some of my family have like, uh, some some real estate, right? Like, uh, um, uh, myself and the first generation who was able to to actually to go to college and to to go to the university. So, like, I was able to to witness how they were involved in different business, including real state so when we came here so uh i was very interested it's just like again like i needed like to do some education initially in order like to know then to find out how you can invest in real estate here in the u.s what was it like what is real estate like in peru i mean is it a completely different set of uh, of laws and, and rules around that what are people own there yes yes so uh well it's it's similar in a sense that the bread and butter of real estate in 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 Peru is like again single family homes and residential real estate the difference right. is like the way how you finance that right like so it's it's very different like in in many situations you actually like need to buy properties cash outright right like in if you're able to get a loan those those loans are very different than here like uh you usually need to put like a a bigger down payment and the interest rates are over 10 or 15 percent even so wow. it's it's very different here and also like the the laws don't necessarily protect the landlords that much right like right. so it's kind of like not necessarily landlord friendly uh, and so you so you can imagine like um states like california or new york but even worse than that like uh, i mean like if there's uh someone who stays in your property and is not able to 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 pay like uh rent or, or does something bad to your property the process of 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 uh fixing that problem it, it takes a long long time 
like uh, years actually. Yeah. Sounds like Oregon. I've heard in, in Oregon, yes. you have to like pay people to move, you know, and it could take yes. eviction can take a year and you got to pay thousands of dollars for them to move. It's pretty, pretty wild. Uh, obviously a little different in DFW, right? A little different in yes. Texas, landlord friendly state. Um, so you had, you had kind of a sense of, of real estate from, from growing up and, and uh, having relatives do that. When you came to the States, obviously very busy for a number of years with, um, with school and, and your practice, um, what was your initial foray into real estate in the United States? Yeah, like the first thing actually we did was, again, like doing some education, right? Like I think that's, sure. that's one of the most important parts when you go into a new field, into a new business, right? Like, uh, and, and you said it right, like because of, we were moving very often because uh, we were like still in the process of training, we couldn't get started. And actually like the way we started is like how most of the people start investing in real estate. So we started investing in, in single family homes or residential real estate. And actually like that happened when we uh, arrived to Dallas. So when we arrived to Dallas, again, pre pretty soon we decided like we really wanted to stay here. After a couple of months, we bought our primary residence. And then like uh, very soon after that, we started like investing and buying like small single family homes, uh, like across the Dallas forward area. And uh, yeah, we, we were actually growing really well. We went up like to, to nine properties in this area and okay. uh, we were landlords and um, yeah, no. And even we had like a, like a, like a, like a property manager, like a property manager that would help us like to, to manage all these properties. But again, like we saw and we witnessed how difficult it was even with a property manager to manage even just only like nine properties, right? Yeah, absolutely. It seems like 10 prop, 10 single family houses is people's breaking point. That was my breaking point. I got to 10 rentals and I thought, I still want to grow the business, but it's, I don't want to have a hundred houses. You know, it just kind of seemed like, like way too much trouble. So it's interesting that, that 10 houses yeah. to be about the place where you start looking for other options. Um, but that's great. You're buying houses in a great market. You know, how are you, how are you financing them? Was this a hard money loan or were you buying cash and then refinancing? How are you, how are you doing that? So that also was a process, <laughs> like, like, because when we initially started buying properties here, like single family houses it was around 2017, right? Like right after we came and uh, yep. the market, the market was competitive and hot already. Like uh, who, who, who would know that it was going to be even higher in this moment, right? Like, so uh, we, like the first property actually we bought was with a, with a real estate agent uh, through MLS and with cash. Right, like so, we, um, and and I always mention like that that property in terms of numbers, in terms of return on investment, it may have not been like the best investment, like in terms of numbers, but it was the best investment for us, right? Like because it was the way we started in real estate, and and sure. after that, actually, uh, we were we we needed after a couple of months to hire a property manager, and uh, and he helped us, and he also introduced us to off market properties. Then, Excellent. like in in the off market properties, like a huge new world opened to us, right? Like so we were able like to do like the bare metal to the refinance, I mean, and all those things. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. You're, you, so your wife and you are both working full-time physicians and managing and buying these properties and renovating them. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's definitely a lot of, uh, a lot going on. Right. I, yeah. I yeah. And, I and, those days. <laughs> and, and you probably know, like we, we have also like two kids, uh, like a seven and eight, 11 year old. <laughs> 
and and very active in sports and 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 they like to socialize with friends and all of that so so we're also busy there yeah full schedule absolutely absolutely well i i wanted to talk to you a little bit about some of the unique challenges that people in your profession face you know spending a little time on your website earlier and talk talk us through some of those those challenges you face as a doctor and that you see other doctors facing in terms of yes uh, yes you know, I mean, the, the whole thing, right? You lay it, lay it out pretty well on the website, but love to hear yes. from you. Yes, absolutely. So, um, so for many people, like uh, they they see doctors are as uh, high high earners, or that they are doing really well. Uh, they have everything figured out, right? Like uh, they have high income. Um, that's that's true in a sense, but at the same time, uh, I, I I feel and I believe we face the same problems and the same struggles. That many people face, right? Like so, you can imagine like uh, physicians; they they need to go to training, medical school, and extra uh, again study so for many many years. So you so you actually you you start your earning um, and productive years kind of late, right? Like usually in the thirties. So and by that time already you start with uh, with with a lot of loans actually, right? Like if if you go to medical school, you go to college. You start actually in a disadvantage, right? Like in and uh, and and many times you you start there and you want to start your own practice. You you also need to buy a home, right? Like and you face yourself that yeah, you're in the negative, right? Like so you have all your loans, you have like debt from from your from your mortgage, you have your debt from uh, when you want to start a practice. So you're in trouble there, right? Like so, and also right. uh, it's important to mention that again, like. Uh, the, the more you make also, the more you are taxed, right? Like, so we're, we're taxed at the highest bracket, right? Like, so uh, it, there's important um, uh, thought like about like, it's not how, how much you make, but it's 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 more about how much you, you take home, like at the end of the, like at the end of the year, right? Like how much you keep, right? Like, and, and, and that's not our case, right? Like, and, and the other problem is that we don't get, that much financial education during our college years or during medical school, right? Like, and what happens is that like most of the population, like, so we think like the only way to invest, the only way to put our money to work is in, in, in Wall Street or through stocks or through mutual funds or things like that. So, so we're in a disadvantage actually on that, on that, on, on, on that part. And, and because also many of the doctors we also uh, work or for practices or we work for big institutions. We work for hospitals like myself. I also work for a big hospital here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area. We're, we are employees, right? Like, so so you can be like, uh, uh, your income can be low, your income can be very high, but you're still an employee and you depend on your employer like to, 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 to do things. So, right, like you, so you don't have like freedom, you don't have freedom to choose, you don't have freedom of time to. Yeah, this, thank you for for laying that out. High loans, high taxes, no financial education, and you're still a W two employee. Which on the W two side, there's really zero tax advantages. You switch over to the business owner side, and this whole world of of tax advantages opens up. Um, so, what exposed you and got you started on the multifamily track? I mean, today you guys do these large multifamily deals. What was your transition like going from that single family world? over to uh to multifamily and and why did you why did you make that switch yeah so uh as i was telling you so so we were actually growing 
quite fast. Like so, we went up like to nine properties, and and that's like have how you mentioned before. That's sometimes like the tipping point. Like so, so usually like a, a regular person can have up to ten mortgages, right? Like so, if you put that plus your primary residence, then like the next step is like your 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 spouse or your wife or your husband, right? Like and then like it comes like to portfolio loans, and then like it it like the interest rates and the way to get them may, may be more difficult. But also at the same time, like I believe it was it was taking a lot of our time, right? Like, so, uh, because even though you have a property manager, still like you're not off the hook, right? Like you, you need to do most of the things, right? Like, so, 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 so again, like uh, when someone is like a, um, like, like an owner, all the, all the decisions, responsibilities and liabilities are on him, even if you have like a, like, like a property manager. Right, like, and at the end of the year, you find yourself also doing like a lot of paperwork and things that you need to do, right? Like, like insurance, like taxes, right? Like, so, so we were trying to find another way to invest. I mean, like more that can can go with our lifestyle, right? Like, so in in that moment is that we did like a little bit more research and education, and we found this this thing called syndications in real estate and how to invest actively, but also passively in real estate, right? Like, and this this amazing concept that again, like it it may be uh, common for for you or me, but there's many many people who haven't heard about this world, right? Like, and 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 even people who have been investing in real estate for some time. When I talk with them about like syndications, they 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 don't know what's what's that about. So mm -hmm. and 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 it's pretty much again like group investment, right? Like so so you you go with a group of people with the same um, with with the same goal to buy like a bigger property like that otherwise you wouldn't be able like to buy right and there's active and there's passive investors right like and together you guys buy, buy like uh these these big apartment complexes so yeah so we were doing our research we were doing audiobooks uh, we were going to podcasts we're going to meetups and and that's how we came like to to multifamily i love it yeah very very common trajectory but you know i think a single family rental house is a great investment you know if, if nobody's ever done any real estate and then you can even grow that you grow it to, to nine fairly quickly but um, it's a pretty common path to to scale beyond that into multifamily. So you've done a lot. I mean, you, you came to this country 15 years ago. You and your wife are, are doctors. You got into real estate. You're you know an entrepreneur as well as a W two employee. What are your keys to success? What what are the things that you've seen in your life that have been um, instrumental in allowing you to be successful in all these different different areas? Yes. Yes. So um, one is like education again, like so, uh, like every time we we want to go into a new field, into a new business, or doing something, we we get educated first. The other important part for me is consistency, right? Mm -hmm. Like because again, like I, I mean, I always say like, and especially when you are running a business, or when you're an entrepreneur, uh, there are gonna be great days, good days normal days, but they're going to be also really bad days, right? And those are the days when you need to show up. And that's yep. what's going to make like a difference at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Thank you for sharing that. Um, getting into your business specifically, are there some specific tools that you're using? Maybe it's technology or or, or other tools that are kind of instrumental for, for your business, for the entrepreneurs out there? 
Yeah. So, um, so big, big part, like, again, like in syndications is like, and as I was telling you, a group investment, right? Like, so right. we're able to leverage other people's expertise and years in the business, right? Like to, to, to do this and the time, right? Like, so we don't know to know everything, right? Like, so, I mean, like there's, there's different aspects in, in like in syndications, right? Like the one who, who finds the property, the one who helps with the finance, the one who manages the property, the person who raises capital. So we mostly are focused on, on the part of raising capital. And again, like uh, being like in the side of investor relationships and also some asset management calls and things like that. So um, one of the most important things is, again, like getting your story out there, right? Like sharing your story and sharing what you do with other people, either like in social media and casual conversations. And also, uh, I found this very important that you need to bring value, right? Like you, you, you need to bring value to other people, to your co-sponsors but also like to other people who may be interested in real estate and and whether it is like in residential or in commercial or, or whether it is with with you as a syndicator or with another syndicator right like so you need to bring some value there yeah absolutely what markets are you guys focusing on are you staying in dallas are you, you different markets what's been your approach there yeah, so we, uh, uh, like our group, we usually focus on uh, the Midwest and uh, also the Southeast, including uh, like, and especially Texas and and uh, and now like uh, like Arizona, right? Like, so so we look for markets where we see, like, as you know, like where, where the population is going or migrating, right. where there are more business, where there are like a, like a diversity of business and jobs, and also that are like business and landlord friendly. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're talking at the very tail end of 2022 right now. It's been a very interesting year with the Fed being really aggressive on rate hikes and everything sort of mid-year. Um, what are you seeing out there? Are you seeing deal flow completely stop? Is it just slower You know, with your partners that you're working with? What are you seeing out there in the marketplace? Yes. Yes. So we have... <laughs> seen a, a drastic change from the end of last year to the beginning of this year that I was even like even faster and 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 more explosive to the second part of 2022 right like and and we have seen this just mainly based on what the Fed has done to its like increase of 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 the rates very aggressively right like and to 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 some degree that's what they needed to do to avoid i guess like further problems down the road with the hyper the hyperinflation that we have right now right like i mean otherwise probably was going to be way worse than where we are in this moment so uh what we're seeing i mean of course is like a slowdown like in 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 properties getting out there to the market um it's being more difficult and probably tricky in order like to make sense to the numbers especially because the cash flow as everyone is saying is seeing uh maybe decrease or delayed at least in the first one or two years and 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 that's part also important of our conversation with many investors being honest in being up front that there like that even though we we see the strong fundamentals of real estate and multifamily like still in the next five or ten years like we're going to hit like a small bump like in the in in the next couple of months in the next uh, year or so right like so so that's what we have seen um we have been following like the 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 rate hikes and we have compared that to the past and how this this has been doing like usually and and we hope that it's kind of similar as in the past again right like so that it's going to be uh going up 
for a couple of months to a year and then it gets stable and then it starts coming down and actually like usually after 18 months to 24 months uh the rates go to the same level or sometimes even lower than at the beginning right like so that that's what me we, we may see in the next year right uh, and also in the next six months we may see some some properties that may be struggling right like uh and and just being honest and just being uh transparent in that regards with uh the transactions that were done in the last couple of years many of them being done with um, bridge loans being right. done with uh high leverage right at some point like uh they're gonna need like to refinance and the and the rates may not be where they were underwriting at like at the beginning and the amount of um of equity in the property may not be like what they were also expecting to be at that point That's right so we're going to see some some interesting things yeah, you've got loan maturities coming up, so that's going to force some sales. You've also got on these Freddie uh, Mac floating loans, you've got Freddie saying, hey, operator, you need to escrow for a future rate cap purchase at today's prices. So, you know, the price to purchase a rate cap right now um, is very high because rate, rates are high. And so Freddie's making operators escrow for some future purpose it might be 18 months, two years down the line, but those escrows might be 20, 30, $40,000 a month additional, yes. uh, you know, that's got to come out of the, the cash flow of the property. So there's, you know, there's going to be a lot of pressure on owners. And I, I think you're right. There's going to be a lot of forced sales coming. Um, so, you know, that'll create opportunity. Certainly it's never a dull industry to, to be in yeah. and we're all sort of at the mercy of the Fed. But uh, yeah, historically, these hiking cycles have been relatively short compared to the to the lower interest rate uh, environment. So we'll see how it goes. But, um, you know, definitely, definitely interesting time and uh, <laughs> never yeah. a dull moment for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And and the other thing is that, uh, again, like comparing to the prior three to four years in multifamily, where we saw that uh, just organically, like the equity and the price of the property were going higher. Like in this moment, we're going to see how are the asset management teams and how well do they perform, right? Like, because we, that, that's something that probably we have been neglecting a little bit in the last couple of years. And in this moment, that's where it, it's more important to see how they do. Right, like, and 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 you need to have these strong asset management teams that actually really do this either full time or like with 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 doing that like uh, very professionally. Yeah, absolutely. The operations get really really important. Um, well, thank you for sharing that. You know, you've been doing this a while now. You've you've done a lot of single family. You've been doing multifamily for a number of years. What would you say to yourself now? You know, with what you know now. What would you say to yourself when you're just getting started? Would you, would you do anything different? Did, did the path you take, did, was that the best path? Or what would you tell yourself or somebody getting started now in this business? Yes, yes. So my, my wife and I, we're, we're very grateful with uh, with our journey, uh, like in general, right? Like in medicine, in real estate. Sure. Um, we have been blessed with uh, so many people that we have met in our, in, in our path uh, here, especially like in the U.S., Right, like uh, I mean, like if anything, we would be dif we would be doing different. Is like what every investor says. Like uh, we wish we had started earlier, right? Course, yeah. <laughs> like and and also like also like like maybe like to start earlier in multifamily and not necessarily like in single family houses. I mean, we still see uh, a lot of value in single family houses and small sure. like multifamily investments, and that's what I always 
tell my investors, right? Like there's not only right why only right way like to do investing and to do real estate. There's so many ways, right? Like it's again, it, it depends on all your goals, on how much time and how much effort you want to put in. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, Dr. Zagar, thank you so much for coming on the show. Really appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. I wish you continued success. If someone listening wants to connect with you, how can they do that? Yes, thank you. Thank you, Devin. Yeah, so we have our website, which is nimaequity.com. Nima is N as in Nancy, I-M-A. Uh, and also we have our our YouTube channel where we also share some, some free education about real estate in general and also in multifamily. Excellent. Okay. We'll link to that in the show notes. If you're listening, you can click straight through and go visit the website and the resources there. Uh, thank you so much for, for jumping on. I, I appreciate it. It was great to catch up and uh, here's to a, a good 2023 in front of us. Absolutely. Hey, thank you so much, Devin. I really appreciate your invitation. All right. Take care. Thank you for listening to the DJE podcast. For more information, please go to djetexas.com.